0: TheYeshiva.net. The yeshiva.net. So page one fifty eight on top it says Drushim Lasukas. Rabbi Krieger says ten lines from the top. It's ten lines from the top. So let's recall the Toichen, the main theme that has been addressed till now. In this Maimir, which began on the words of to Mine Besosten and Minei Hayeshua which of course the connection to, the connection between this Pasek and sukkahs, it's a Pasek in Yeshaya. But the Gemara makes this, the, the Gemara Masech to the fifth chapter, Tafnun, Perek HaKhalo, makes the connection between this Pasek and sukkahs because this is the source of the name Simchas Base Pashoy Eva. Shayva literally means drawing, like choyte veitzecha v'shoyev meimecha, somebody who draws water. We, him, we just had a purchased in So simchas beis hasheva was the simcha connected with the sheyeva, the sheivas hamayim, the drawing of the water, every morning of Sukkot, from the shiloyach spring in Yerushalayim, which you can actually visit. And then they would retrieve the water every morning and bring it up to the Harabayas. And then when they were makr of the Tamachal Shacha, which was the first thing in the morning by sunrise, that means today seven o'clock AM, right after that they poured wine every day and then sukkahs for seven days in addition to the pouring of the wine. They would also the Kayan would also pour water on the Mizbeach. The Pasuk says, mayim the drawing of the water should be the with joy, with Simcha. And hence Simcha's base, Hashayevim. That's why the maimer of Sukkot begins with this Passock. What was the main point that was addressed? I mean, there were many, many points. But I just want to bring out the main point. Malatanya brought out the fact that a whole year. The main avayda was focused on eish, including sukkahs, because every day there were carbonous and all karbonus had to be consumed by fire. Whether it was animals or also menachas, all the grain offerings, the meal offerings, also were consumed by fire. Either the entire offering or the k'mitza, a certain part of it, the fistful of, of flour. But the focus was on the ash. The uniqueness of sukkahs was... The Mayim, the water, which was only sukkas, only the first seven, the seven days of sukkas, unlike the rest of the year, Nisach It was a unique Havayda. It doesn't even say in Chumash. It's Allah al Sinai, with hints in the Chumash, which is the reason that the Tzdukim did not acknowledge Nisach which is why the Mishnah says in Masech HaTzuka that one year, a Kayin who was a Tzduki, poured the water not on his not on the Mizbech, but on his feet. And the whole nation stoned him with Esreigim, because they saw that he did not pour it on the Mizbech, because he didn't believe in Nisachamayim. And from that point, they used to tell the Menasech, the Kayim pouring water, to lift up his hand so everybody could see what he's doing with the flask, with the, with the tzloiches of water when he comes to the Mizbech. This is a chidah This is a very intriguing idea. I mentioned yesterday in the shir that it needs a suge vifnei it needs a separate shir. Why nisach chamayim triggers such joy? At, uh, at first glance, it's the other way around. Yayin is yisamach levav Yayin is misameyach elikim Wine is connected to joy. When we celebrate, we drink wine. That's the minigayim. It's that way. Big celebrations are done with a kais of yayin. We welcome Shabbos with wine, welcome Yom Tif with wine, a bris with wine, and a chasana with wine. The Gemara says, Eina Eminim shire ela yayin. Shira is said on yayin, because it's mesamech elakim Anasha. Which is why every day they poured wine, but that didn't trigger such a simch. The pouring of the water on sukkahs, every morning, this is what creates the shavta, mayim B'Shasen, and the entire institution of simchas, beset sheva about which the Mishnah says in Masech Sukkah Mish, loira simcha b'shashreva. simcha meyamav. If you never saw that simcha, you never saw simcha. All based on what? Nisach HaMayim. This is a chidah. It's, 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 it's a difficult concept. So many ideas have been discussed in this. But the Nikudah that's brought out in this Maimer is understanding the difference of Ash and Mayim. So for this, he gave the first two parakim, the Hagdama of what? The Ashes. Based on the idea of Aishalamaila and Aisha there's the heavenly fire and there's the earthly fire. The heavenly fire represents Tfilois Kenegat Midntikum, or Art Phyllis are all connected Carbonus, just like every carbon had to be burnt up by the fire that came down from heaven that looked like a lion. The concept of Tfilla for every person to get in touch with the innate pre existing flame that exists in every soul and it's a gift it's not something that they have to create it's not something they have to create which is also good news it's not something they can destroy it's not something anybody can destroy because it's an Eshalomail in other words it's a divine it's a divine quality that is embedded in the psyche in the mind in the soul in the depth of existence of the Jew and therefore nothing anybody or he himself or she herself does or does not do can ultimately destroy that fire it can be dimmed it can be relegated to the subconscious cellars of the soul maybe sometimes sub sub-sub. sub maybe sub 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 but uh but it cannot be obliterated it can be eliminated meaning it's ultimately accessible that's the power of ashlamila that it's an ash that comes from above and the human the human condition doesn't create it and therefore also can't get rid of it, destroy it. But that Eish I have to be able to access. I have to be able to access that love, that, p- those possibilities in me, that dimension within me, and that's really the real focus of ex- the concept of Tfilah. That's why it's Tfilah's which always resulted in the Eish. And this is Hashem Alekecha Eish Divine, the div- divinity is fire, because only fire can eat up other fires. You cannot compete with passion. You cannot compete against passionate things without passion. When you have so much passion out there, you, the only way you could compete with it is with passion. You need passion. And that's why the Gemara says, You can't eat before davening because still a person does not get in touch with that space. They're not in a mental position where they have the right to eat. Eating is a right eating is not a eating is a privilege and in order for the person to be able to have that privilege that the food wants to go into him rather than the food being abused by him the person needs to be after davening if the davening is a real davening as explained but the Eshalam Lamaila needs to come through an Eshalam the Kayanim first had to make their own fire on the Mizbech then there could be a fire that came down as the Gemara says in Yuma mitzvah lahavi minahedit what was that? This, the Balatani explained is that in order to be able to get in touch with the heavenly fire, one has to first find the Hedyit in them. The yet in them means those things that disturb the relationship. Those things that distance me. And that's a very, very humbling experience, because who wants to go there? Who wants to acknowledge the pain of the distance? But he says if you don't plow, you can't plant. Nothing takes root. And whenever you plow the earth, the whole earth gets shaken up. It looks like you're destroying the earth. You're not destroying it. You're making it suitable for planting. Not that God rejects you, Smoiler, but that you have to be able to humble yourself to the point to examine everything that may be coming in between you and your relationship to your own truth, and that could be very, very difficult. Because as he says, you're yourself. You were in a comfort zone. You were in a place of security. And you have to have the courage to be able to say, whoever I think I was is not the real person. Whatever I think I was satisfied with is deeply, deeply challenging to be able to recreate that. And he says, that's the avoid of Yom Kippur and Shuvah all the viduyim, Ashamnu, Bagadnu, Gazanu. That's the smilai, Tachas, Leroyshi, the to be able to be able to uh, bring in, to usher in the yeminay to chabkani matzmiyach yeshuas, which is sukkas, as explained, as explained by Rishes, the mitzvah lahavim and a that you create from hediotias, from those things in you that are maybe embarrassing, that's where you create the esh shalamata mitzvah lahavim that becomes the keli for Eish for Aish shalamayla. This is all esh. There is something deeper than esh, and that is Maya. In the marshal, in the metaphor, the power of water in ways is stronger than fire, even though there is nothing like a blazing fire, but the fact is water can extinguish the flame. You may have to have more water, you may have to have enough water, but water, the properties of water have the ability to extinguish the ash. That is the Kayach of maya. What does this represent on a spiritual level? What is the Mayim that cools the heat of the fire and extinguishes the passions of the fire? You would think that this aish is so desirable, it's so lovable. So he says, but there's a deeper level of Avodah Hashem and that's what happens on Sukkot. That's the opportunity, the energy of Sukkot. And that is the coolness of Mayim in contrast to the heat of Eish. And this is a very... It's a subtle idea. It's a very fine idea. Fine as in fine. Because... Especially in... in, You know, in Yiddishkeit, people see... Very often... People feel the need to display passion. Especially leaders... who want to inspire their communities and they holler and they jump and uh, very good <laughs> because it gets the people so we're not discussing here when it's fake completely fake that's a whole other thing but uh, even if it's a real passion that's the zenith of it's the, it's the you reach the crescendo you reach the peak so He says no, was deeper than Esh this was the of Sukkos. Simcha's Beis HaSheva. The Simcha came dafka from the Mayim, not from Esh. And he compares it to the difference of sukkah de Zimra and Shbenasra. Sukkah de Zimra is supposed to be with a fire, and Shbenasra is supposed to be Balachash, B'chashroi, silence. You would think, Shbenasra, the peak of davening, here should, this, the screaming should begin here. But it's really the other way around. Why? Sometimes silence represents apathy, distance. But sometimes silence represents a far deeper relationship than passion can capture. Because all passion, all fire ultimately is about my experience of you. It's the experience of you that gets me excited. When there's real oneness, when I melt away completely in the experience, it's not an experience anymore, there's no passion. All there is is, bitul is, is complete oneness. And when there's complete oneness, there will not be any type of noise. There will not be any type of commotion, any type of ruckus, any type of fire burning. On the contrary, complete coolness, complete mayan. It looks like there's no fire. Of course there's no fire. Because fire is always the voice of resistance. Fire is always the excitement that comes from me overcoming the gulf between you and me. That's what passion is. We get excited when something gets to us. Something different gets to us. Something I'm not used to. It could be negative, it could be positive. A person starts screaming, hollering, quitching, gets overwhelmed. Something has shalom negative, but let's talk in the positive. Something that's unique, that's novel, it's overwhelming. And because it's overwhelming, the way my system responds to it is through a tremendous sense of hisrakshuz. structures of emotion, of hislavus, of fire, of passion. Like he gives the marshal, The father, the child didn't see each other for years and then they see each other from a distance or the mother and the daughter or the, the marshal is not so negeya. But people who, clo- who are very, very close to each other and really love each other so it's genuine and you're in distance and I see you from the distance and I get overwhelmed, and I start screaming. And the screaming is from genuine excitement. But what's the excitement? The excitement is we have been so distant and we're still distant. But in a moment, that distance is going to cease. So therefore, I can't remain in my Caleb. I, I I explode or I implode. That's what Eish represents. However, when I do meet this person, when we become one, when we embrace each other, now you stop screaming. Why do you stop screaming? Now you should urge scream. Because now, you go into yet a deeper space of oneness, of tainug. It's about delight. It's not about... The, the The passion which is always about overcoming this, uh, uh, overcoming it's the friction between the self and the new self that i 'm trying to get into when that new self becomes completely part of me, I melt. What do I mean I melt I cease to be a distinct human being experiencing you we become one that 's what Mayim represents and that 's the difference of sukuta Zimra and esra, which means that even the most genuine passion in the world, the most genu- genuine expression, the most genuine fire, it's the outsider. It seems, wow, this guy is really, really involved, and it's true. He is really involved. He's excited about it. He's not bored. It's not monotonous. It's not. Uh, it's not uh, irrelevant. He's not apathetic. But legabe da of mayim. You can't compare it. Mayim is dvekus not his hispilus. Balatanya distinguishes another place between his hispilus and His Hispilus is, detachment is of English. Excitement. Excitement. It comes from the word pu'ula. Something is affecting you and it's triggering an irregular response in a very positive sense. You're excited, you're excited. They say uh, an anecdote that there was once a uh, a woman who called her rav, and she said she's very worried about her husband Chaim Yanko. His whole life he was poor. He buys the lottery lottery every week, and it happens to be that he won this time. Two hundred and fifty million dollars. She doesn't think evet Kennan token Eisal. She doesn't think he'll survive this because he's so used to being a miserable coptsun that he's not going to be able to deal with this. It's just too it's too good. It's too too overwhelming. The Rav says, "Don't worry. Before he comes home, send him to my office. I'll already chelim shen and I'll prepare him emotionally for the good news, and and we'll we'll have him survive." She says, "Fine." She calls her husband. She says, "Before you go home, the Rav wants to see you." So he goes. Says it Rebbe, "What? What's this?" He says, "I just wanted to know. Vasmachstu? How are you doing? How's Parnassi? He says, "Miserable as always." He says, "You make a a psa bracha. He says, what I try, I buy the lottery every month. But you know, people like me don't win. People in Montana, Kentucky, they win. People like me don't win. He says, but somebody has to win. Maybe you are going to win. He says, you have to stop with these uh, chaloymas. He says, why do you buy the lottery? I buy it, you know. Jews buy lottery tickets. But it's not a practical thing. He says, but you never know. Somebody wins. Yeah, maybe this lottery won. He says, listen, don't build up expectations that are just going to disappoint me. He says, Shafart, I mean, it could happen. Why do you just give up on him? Says the Rebbe, "You know what? If I won the lottery today, you get half." So the Rabbi fainted. He collapsed. <laughs> so, when when a person is overcome by something uh, dramatically new, whatever that newness is, it creates an overwhelming excitement. You have the story of Sarah by that as Rashi brings Parchan but you have it in all, all different situations. Therefore the poor man when he sees the money he's overwhelmed he's excited the rich man you give him the same money he's not overwhelmed not because he cares less about the money he cares more about the money than the poor man it became so much part of him he doesn't have to get excited about it this is this is this is, this is the this is the the, the breath the, the, this is the ear he breathes there's an old vert somebody once said he was going around collecting nobody was giving him so he said, now he and I knew him. He was an Altaid an alta from Europe. So he once said that he understands the Passockin to heal him. What's the loshing? Yeah, Don't rely on benefactors, people who are not going to help you. So he says, Don't put your trust in benefactors. Somebody who doesn't have, he's going to give you i another tell you show. Not pshat that the gvir doesn't get excited about the money because he's detached. No, no, no. He's so attached he doesn't get excited about it. It's completely integrated. The, like I said last time, Ed is the kachka. He became the kachka. He became the kachka. Sometimes calmness could be very, very deceiving. Looks like the person doesn't care. They're calm. Sometimes, not always in a positive sense, people present their philosophy of life very, very calm. It looks like if you argue with them, they wouldn't mind because they're so calm, right? But then stage a different opinion. Who Suddenly their deepest anger emerges. You touch them at their core. The calmness is a very, very deep cover-up. So this is not always complimentary. But here we're bringing out in a relationship... It's the moment of dveikus, of complete oneness vahayul lebasar that is represented by mayim versus esh versus esh. So therefore, you have to have a chushav chana. I think I told you once there were different tzaddikim who davened in very different ways. There were those who davened with tremendous aspilos they would explode by the brachas and by the before Krishna and especially psukhudu Zimram and brachas Krishna. I'm talking about genuine people. It's very inspirational. There were those that didn't move. By davening, they literally did not budge. They would not move. At the surface, it looks like they weren't into it. Sometimes you're so into it, you're not experiencing God anymore. You're not experiencing it because any experience of something is your experience of it. It's not it. You know what I'm talking about. Any experience of something is an experience. It's tremendous, but it's my experience of it. But really it's a defense mechanism. In other words, I'm going to experience you, but ultimately I'm going to experience you. Mayim, you let go. And when you let go, you're not passionate. There's no friction anymore. I'm completely one. We're embracing. And when I'm embracing, I cease to be distinct. I cease to be separate. So a whole year, the Avoid is Aish. It's not a small Avoid. Passion is no small thing. Sukkahs, there was the energy of Nisach And that elicited a much deeper celebration than anything else in the Beis HaMikdash. <laughs> that brought simchas because that was the simcha of the ava betanugim of the dveikas of the oneness that is very very subtle and yet it produced the most explosive type of dancing but what type of dancing? dancing that was completely not self-conscious to have Reb Shimon ben Gamliel, who was the Nasi of the Sanhedrin juggle eight tortures. tortures. I want to know what it would look like today if even a regular Rosh Hashiva would come and start juggling, what would they say? Here, you didn't have regular, you had the top of the top, juggling and tumble sauces and jumping and hopping and dancing. And the Gemara discusses at length in Masech Sukkah what they did by Simchas Beis HaShayva, There was a complete loss of self-consciousness. There was absolutely no ego there. Complete. When people really, really dance and they lose themselves completely. There's no I, experiencing even the passion. That's what Simchas Beisheva looked like. So the Gemara says, Call me, the Mishnah says, Call me meyamov. What's pshat? If you cannot have a Tam in this type of Simcha, you can't really have a Simcha in your life. Because you're always going to remain from, distant from things. And if you're always going to remain distant from things, you'll never be able to have the Tamu Uru Hashem. Now we understand because in a world where you can't trust everybody and everything, we we create distance, so just to melt away in something and somebody. My high, you know the Tzemach writes ah Peladik thing. He says that the sin of the Eitz Hadas, see the Edelkait of He says the sin of the Eitz Hadas was Das is perception. This is his lashon. It's from the Balatanya. Adam and Chava sin. Just the lashon, the language. The sin of Adam and Chava with the Eitz was a lashon from the Alter Rebbe. They wanted avir. They wanted das in order to have avir. They wanted to love God and they wanted to fear God. the Alter Rebbe wants the Aveira. Chalavai people would want avir. Their avir is the chamitzva for us. Right? Somebody wants Avavir, it's ganz good. He says they wanted the Hergish. They wanted the feeling of Av. They wanted the feeling of Yir. But, ah, but they were one. They gave up oneness for experience. They gave up oneness for the experience of oneness. They gave up God for the experience of God. They wanted to experience God. I want to love you. I want to love you, I want to feel you, I want to be excited about you. I want to experience you. They were one, but they wanted the experience. Now, for most people who are completely alien, the experience is awesome. That's like the peak. That's it. For Adam and Chava, Ava year was their khat. But understand, once they went in from oneness to experience. This already gives room for all the distortions until the distortions of, of the world today, to, uh, 5,000 years later. The moment you give up oneness for experience of oneness, now it's already a new mode of existence. Their experience was experience of oneness, not experience of addiction or of trauma. It was experience of oneness. But what they were looking was for the experience. They wanted the high. They wanted to get high on God. Now, what's wrong with getting high on God? It's better than getting high on everything else people are getting high on. Huh? Right? What's wrong? But they want—they wanted to get high on truth. They didn't want to get high on uh, whatever. We don't have to get so graphic this so early in the morning. They wanted to get high on truth. What's wrong with that? That's what most people crave for. Real people. Get me high on the truth. <laughs> you divorced in order to be married. What? You divorced in order to be married. No, you divorce in order to play around, <laughs> not to remarry. <laughs> no. Now this is a st- you can't you can't jump into mayim because tell somebody uh, get married you don't have to have an experience. <laughs> it's just oneness. Mayim comes sukkas after a whole year of age. You understand? But Adam and Chava were one they were so one, they could walk around without clothes. Why could they walk around without clothes? Because they were one. The exposure of the body was not toifismakim, just like you're not embarrassed with your pinky, you're not embarrassed to put on tefillin, you're not embarrassed to put on a talis. They weren't embarrassed with any other mitzvah, including relationships. It's also a mitzvah, it's also a way of serving God. Remember, in real Judaism, vu is not an embarrassing mitzvah, as discussed on Tisha B'Av <laughs> For other men, this is the greatest mitzvah. Because in that world of oneness, what's, what are you embarrassed? There's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's no self-conscious associations of this cheshmer, that cheshmer, that cheshmer. The moment they ate from that, eight sadas for good reason. But that while well, the Rebbe's, he this, the Lashem that some Tzedek brings us, they were looking for Ava and Yireh. That was their chet. Ashprach. <laughs> they were looking for Ava and Yireh. The Hest, once you start with that you room for, for that's the it horizon. the moment there you go into a world of distortion it's not a world of dvekas anymore it's a world of distortion, it's a world, of distortion or... it's a world where experience is more important than truth now they were busy with experience of God they were good experience real experience but experience I want to experience you I don't want you you stay away. I want to experience you. I want the experience of God. They obviously felt they were missing something. They were missing, the they were missing experience, yeah. They were missing distance. How can they be missing experience in the inner? Why would you want to get to a distance? That's where the serpent came in. He explained to them that experience is wonderful because it creates distance, it creates struggle, it creates independence, it creates autonomy. He explained to them philosophically that there's something very powerful about it. And there is something very powerful about it. We all know that. I want experience of you, but I don't want you. Because if it's going to be you without experience of you, I'm not going to be there. Oh, that's not good. (laughs) I want to be there. That's Eish. I want to be there. I want to be on fire towards you. Not towards anything else. Hashem al kecha. You have to always remember the kite of Eish. This is Nishtha. Uh, this Eish is Nishtha. Uh, this is very, very. St- this is a holy fire. This is a divine fire. But it's not Maya. It's not Maya. So Dvekus is a form of Masiris Nefesh. In a certain sense. Because it's giving up the greatest gift you have in many ways. And that is my ability to experience truth. But can I ever touch truth if I don't surrender my desire to experience it? That's why you can't explain when you get to that stage. Yeah. Will I ever be able to touch truth if I never forfeit my desire to always experience it? And I'll tell you, I know lots of spiritual people, deep people. They'll never go from Ash to Maya. And if they're most of them are not that honest spiritual people are sometimes very dishonest very deceptive because it's about their their spirituality but even those who are honest they know it and they know it and they will not graduate to, uh, after a certain place because it's 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 it's, it's a difficult it's not easy it a, he calls it bitolumensis that's what bitolumensis Atta her aselodaskashabuluk her asa It's seeing, and seeing in the sense when somebody sees different than when they hear, you lose yourself in it. Sometimes you see something, and for a few moments, you're not aware of the fact that you saw it. You're like, you're swallowed up in it. Now, of course, we also have fears. Our fears are, we're going to get hurt. We're going to get hurt. All cults tell you, suspend judgment, suspend judgment, lose yourself. Who are you losing yourself Then <laughs> You have to be careful. It's a dangerous world. All cults appeal to this. Let go, let go. I'll become your protector. And then you lose everything. You lost your experience, you lost yourself, and you have nothing. So that's part of the justified reason why we protect them. We have to protect ourselves. Only when you meet that type of person or that type of truth that's represented by a person of real alakus, of real godliness, then you can go from Ashtamaya. If you're gonna if you if you're if you in a business deal and the person tells you surrender surrender then, uh, you run away. You run away. Was frexto? If it's such a good place, why are they afraid to reach it? I don't know that it's, I don't know, I don't know the word is a good place. It's, 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 it's truth. I don't know that it's, what do you mean by a good place? Why are people afraid to reach truth? I don't know. Anybody wants to answer that question? As you said, because of the experience. Who wants to lose experiences? You're not going to be able to have a picture of it. (laughs) You ever saw people go to a place without a picture? The whole vacation is nothing. The main thing is the, not the experience, the main thing is the picture. The picture tells you you have experience. Who wants to be there? The main thing is the picture. Right? The picture is more important than uh, everything else. At a wedding, they make the chassan and kala redo everything <coughs> for the picture. I came back from it. Huh? I came back from it. So that's just a marshal. In other words, Eish is the picture. It's the experience. Much more than a picture. I mean the experience of it. Is the good looking for the Eish and the looking for the one? No. no. The Hashem also wants Eish. Matthias wants Matthias. Matthias will Matthias. <laughs> Matthias wants Matthias. The divine is not Matthias. Matthias means reality. Reality wants reality. Experience is reality. Asia is reality. It's a losing experience losing self. Fear a loss of self. Right. One state of self. In other words, the way we have a concept of self as distinct and separate, the loss of experience is the loss of that self. That's why I said it's an in Indian of Mesir Asnafesh. That's, that's, that's the scary, that's the resistance. But is that a good thing? Of course, there's a... Qu- I, yes, in a, in a world you need to discriminate. Even Esh you have to be careful with. What are you passionate about? Forget even Maya. I understand. other and Chava wanted to do they wanted to have the Geshmak. <laughs> they wanted to have a Geshmak. <laughs> what, huh? what did the Shem want? <laughs> what, they want. what did he want? <laughs> well, he told them not to eat. It wasn't rejection. threw them out of it. It, wasn't rejection. it. it wasn't rejection. They got what they were looking for. They got an experience. <laughs> they say, what do they say? They got an experience. They say when a man of, with money but no experience meets a man of experience with no money, the man with the experience ends up with the money and the man with the money ends up with an experience. So Adam and Chava ended up with an experience. They went on a journey and th- that <coughs> moment is the moment that struggle begins. That's the moment that Adam and Chava the struggle of life is the struggle to graduate, to, to bridge the gulf between experience and oneness, and to bridge the gulf between Toiv and Ra. The whole struggle of life begins that moment. History took a different turn. It took a different course. So Adam and Chava initiated a new process. What they wanted was to have a Geshmak in a lukus, to have Avavir, to have a Geshmak in Alakuz. The moment they asked for the Geshmak in Alakuz, they got it. And from that moment, distance was created. And that distance, they're trying to overcome. So the Balatanya says, Noyach decided he's going to fix it. So what did Noyach do? He saw the marble. He saw what distance can accomplish. He saw what distortion can accomplish. (coughs) So what did Noyach do? He planted a vineyard and he got drunk. So the Altered says, you know why he got drunk? He says this in a mimer. He got drunk because when you're drunk, you're not self-conscious. He says, you see, when people are completely drunk, they'll tell you things they would never say, they'll be open, they'll hug people they'll never hug, they'll say everything on their mind. Nich Nes Ya'an side. Noach was trying to repair the world, and he says there's only one way to deal with this crazy world of distance, and that is, let's get drunk. People will not feel anymore their egos. And they'll lose it. That was Noyach's idea of preparing the world. Of course, Noyach made a mistake. This was the second mistake. His mistake was, when you're drunk, (coughs) you're not losing your ego. When you're drunk, you're just disturbing. (laughs) You're not transcending. You're not going beyond yourself. You're just forgetting about yourself. You got drunk, you have a good distraction... That makes you forget your pain. But four hours later you have a, you, you sober up to hang a, with a little hangover and you're back to everything and it's even worse. Tomorrow the drink has to be more. Kiyadua, like everybody knows. That's why all the kiddush clubs and all the drinking parties don't solve anybody's issues. All they do is distract people from addressing anything that's going on. All the younger light at Shabbos morning, they run out after Kriyush HaTayr or after Musaf, and they start drinking. And they laugh for an hour and a half and two hours. It seems fun, but really it's very painful to watch. Because they're all dealing with stuff. They're not drinking Stam uh, L'shem Shema mamish. I'm sure a little bit of it. (coughs) But they're dealing with stuff, but you can't even even address it. Nobody addresses it. They're all dealing with stuff, either at home or at work, or their children or themselves, or everything together. Life is stressful. Right? So when exactly are they dealing with it? Sunday? Monday, Tuesday, when exactly they're dealing with it? Shabbos is the Chatham of Menucha. So that was Neuch's mistake. Neuch's mistake was, it looks exciting. No one is self-conscious anymore. There's no ego. Because everyone is smashed, right? So everyone is free and uninhibited. But not because they went beyond themselves. They didn't lift up their self to a place that is beyond their self. They ran away for a few hours with a great distraction, with a great tranquilizer. Knew, but it's all there. So the moment you open up your eyes, you wake up from your sleep, you're back to the same reality. That's why Noyach couldn't fix it through that. But this is a process in history. Yeah? Question. All the all so, the were so connected to God that they had to separate an experience. Yeah. And yet Noyach, over 5,000 years later, what chance does little Loham have to connect? Well, so the altar of the Rebbe takes you in here to Kiddush HaKadosh. He trusts the people that he's talking to. He holds nothing back. Was there? You're right. Is this B'makim Sheba L'tshuvaim? There was a Matan Torah. Segven Avram Yitzhak V'Yakob. Segeven Ab'al Shem Tovav Devel. What do you think? You're alone. It's nana Sa'imid al yanak midgets who are standing on the shoulders of giants. But did they reach the 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 delay. They reached, of course. There was a lot of onus. There was a lot of onus. Wait, wait, practically to very, very. You want me to explain practically? Very intangible. It's <laughs> like the world of a versus <laughs> universe, the world of a you're saying Sadiqim Amaim or Balichuvah Mayam? Sadiqim Amaim, this is like there's a certain way, and that, it's like, what they got from day one. Balichuvah is straight away, but now he's coming back. what is must have the experience of the other side so he can get back stronger hmm. But sometimes the Balichuvah can also reach Mayim, and sometimes the Tzaddik only remains with Aish. You can have both. Sometimes the Balichuvah can also reach a place of Mayim. Fakert. The Gemara says, "Ain't something going to be held and lamented So, not the Aviim. Not wanted Esh Not the Benaviyu wanted Esh <laughs> the and they got Esh I, I thought they died because they reached Mayim. No, not, reached the Benaviyu, not the Aviim. That's wanted. As you'll see, paradoxically, with Mayim, you stay down here. With Eish, you fly away. You know why? Because with Eish, this again, this is very subtle. Don't take this in a brute way. Dalta Rebbe says somewhere else. With Eish, you're ultimately thinking about what you want, and with Mayim, you're thinking about what Hashem wants. So therefore, with Mayim, you stay down here because He wants you here. With Aish, I'm looking for the high. With Mayim, I'm not looking for the high. I'm looking for the truth. And the truth is, you have to be. You should be here in this world. This is the place. This is where reality is. This is where where God's plan happens. This is where the action is. It's a crazy world. It's a dark world. Very few highs in this world. Stressful world. But this is the real place. So zara Ashalait Sivaisam Asha Yeah? Parsha Shbini. Mechakhfullah. Akhri Moshneb Nayarun Bikarvasam with Nayashem by a Musul. So the Rakhayim says it was Bikervasam with NaShem. They wanted a closeness. But what was their chet? Why do we call it a chat? This is called a chat. This is called a sin. So the Pshat is you have beautiful sins and you have ugly sins. Nadav and Aviyu's sin was a very holy sin. Halavai, most sins, you should say halavai, most mitzvahs were as holy as their sin. But it was still a sin. It was the sin of giving up oneness for the experience. They wanted the full experience of the divine. And therefore their bodies were a great distraction. So in Mayim there's a very paradoxical reality and that is in complete oneness you completely <coughs> remain down mm-hmm. here. You remain completely present. Why do you remain completely present? Because that's ultimately the Kavona mm-hmm. Halyana. The Magid had a son above ramamala and uh, he was hmm. wearing tefillin, he was davening. And they saw he's in the middle of davening, he's having a psakloi sanefesh, uh, hmm. it was dangerous. So they came running to the Balatanya. They said, <laughs> take off Rashi and put on right away Rabbein Utama, man. Take off Dashi, put on Rabbein Utama. Because in Kabbalah it says Rashi's tefillin is binna. And Rabbein Tam's tefillin is chachma. Binnah lagabe chachma is eish, lagabe maya. He said Bav Rama Malach is expiring. He said right away changed its tefillin, Filling up in the town. On the other hand, they once saw the Balatani used to live with the Bavrama Malach six hours a day. Three hours Kabbalah, he would teach him. The Malach would teach him right when he came to the market. He made a Chavrusah. The would teach him Nigla, Gemara, Poiskim, and the Bavrama Malach would teach him Kabbalah. Three hours, three hours. Bal used to move the clock back. He would move the clock back so it should go more than three hours. And he says that it says in Zohar, in Parshas Yisra, between loy and there's a psik. Between loy and signav there's a psik. So some people tie signov Loy, signov He says the signav comes to Torah. Like this, you move back the clock so you can get more Torah. And he said that the extra time was the best. Because mayim gnuvim yim taku. Stolen water is always the sweetest. So he would move back the clock. It was Yaduwa. He said about himself. <coughs> he said, based on the zoya, for Torah, Yalada do that type of Gnevim. So once he came out of, uh, they saw the Balatanya was eating. I, once, I heard this from the Lubavitcher Rebbe once. I remember after him. he said the story he heard from us. He said he heard from Chassidim, I think. He said, they saw the al eating a bagel a putter. He was eating a bagel with butter. It was very uncharacteristic for him to eat a bagel and a bagel mit putter. It was not a common thing. So they asked him, Vos epis? not just a bagel a bagel mit putter. So he said that after the learning with Rav Ramah Malach he felt that he's going to expire. His soul is not going to stay in his body. It was too intense. So he needed something very physical and tangible. The opposite, to hold him down. So he ate a bagel mit puter. So what is that about? Fakert, you want to go up, it's the best thing in the world. The Pshat is no. behem Don't think about what your experience is. Think about what the ultimate truth is. The ultimate truth is deeper than experience. So that was the Chet of Radoven You want to have the practical ramifications of this Shia. Come back to I think it's very practical. For Kert, I think this is much more practical than everything. Because we we think about our lives. We're always looking for experience. We always want an experience. People say, Why are you going here? I want an experience. Maybe stop looking for an experience. Stop looking for an experience. You want to know what the substitute is? <laughs> you want to know what the substitute ready. is? The question huh? is if we're ready to live that life. Of course you're ready. Who's not ready? Everybody's oh. ready. Thought the other teachers that you're ready. You have to open yourself up to the fact that you're ready. There's a, a big mitzvah by, by a lot of Jews today that you have to knock yourself. I'm not ready, I'm not good, I'm not... Why, why do you say that? People don't realize who they are. Ayid is bnoy yechidoi of melech malchem lacham ha baruch Hu. The Ben has all the qualities of the Father. Ready for what? Stop looking for experience? <laughs> he says he's not ready for truth. Of course you're ready. So what is the substitute? What is the oneness? On? Of course you're ready. Huh? What is the mind? So what's the mind? What's the need? Every opportunity in life affords you oneness. Every opportunity. There's not a moment in the world in your day, that doesn't afford you the opportunity to be one. To be to be one with Hashem, to be one with your spouse, to be one with your children, to be one with yourself, to be one with another person, with another Jew. Every opportunity in life affords you the opportunity to be one. It also affords you the opportunity to experience, to experience people, to analyze, to think, to figure it out, how it works, to judge, of course, that's a big one. So the uh, opportunity of sukkus is that I open myself up to the ability to use every moment to become one. Now that takes a lot. It takes nothing, but it takes a lot. It's through experience. <laughs> you you can't say. Become one i You have to go through the experience. No, I understand. You find the yes, there's always a certain experience. We're not, we're not, we're not lifeless. It's it, looks a like, it looks like the whole experience only happened a what was the purpose of the world? <coughs> well, obviously Adam and Chava were not that what was the question? stupid. What was the question? He's saying, so it's funny. So the whole purpose of the world was they should be one and then they changed the world and it became a different world. So why, why, what That's a general question that Adam and Chava really changed the course of history. The answer is they changed the course of history but who allowed them to change the course of history? Who do you think? Uh, <laughs> Of course they changed the course of history. No one argues that Eitz Adas didn't change the course of history. The whole concept of death was introduced as a result of it. All the struggles were introduced. That's a Parsha Tazakh. But who allowed them to change the course of history? It says in Medrash Tanchum, a Parsha Schukas. Fascinating Medrash. I'll finish with this. It says, Neira Alila al Adam. What's Neira Alila Albnei Adam? Alila is like you say, alilas dam, a bilbil, a libel, a scheme. So he says like this, Noir Lila Adam. You, Hashem, you made an alila. You made a libel, blaming everything on Adam and chava, as though they did it. He says, alpayim shana, the says, alpayim shana, before the world was created, you already had Torah. In Torah it says, Adam ki yamos Parshish speaks about death. So what are you blaming Adam? You were anyway planning to have death, but you needed an excuse. Adam, this is the Parshas This is the You needed an, you needed somebody to blame. You needed a scapegoat. Adam and Chava were the perfect scapegoat. Oh, you ate death. You were planning two thousand years before there should be death. Yitzias Mitzrayim, really? You have a ganze parches about Yitzias Mitzrayim, and then you blame Avramavinu. He asked Oh, your kids are going to Golos. You needed a scapegoat. and he goes. <laughs> He goes through all the Chathayim and chomers, and he says you were looking for somebody to blame. Now it's a very funny medrash, right? It's almost like, whoa! So what are we supposed to, like... What are you trying to say? So Adam and Chava really did nothing. God has his plans. But this is a very subtle idea. In other words, all of history is a very, very sensitive partnership between Hashem's choices and man's choices. And really, the two work together in very mysterious ways. We spoke about this in the Shirav, about P'chira, how you reconcile Yediye and P'chira, all these things. Darizal the says that there's two worlds happening simultaneously. There's a world in which God chooses, there's a world in which we choose, and uh, both worlds are happening simultaneously. And Shuva reveals that the two worlds were really one. Okay, so that's that's a little bit of a complicated sugar even more complicated than this. So it's not for now, but I'm just bringing out the idea that, yeah, history was changed, that's true. But that change wasn't just, okay, we're now stuck. That change was also a potential that was embedded in the DNA of existence. The opportunity for Adam and Chava to do what they did was given from Hashem also. Right? It's not like Adam and Chava sinned. Uh, uh, you know, the Christians went back to original sin. Everything is sin, sin, sin. No original sin. Was also anticipated. The Mabal? Sure. <laughs> sure, everything was. But Rabbi, isn't it just... You take a look. Medrash Tanchoma Parshas Chukas in the beginning. A huge, practical medrash. Noira Alila Al Bnei Adam. Medrash Tanchoma Chukas. Look, it says it all there. Isn't it that just that we can understand what happened yesterday? That's what well, Hashem allows us to understand. He gave us the comprehension. But we don't have the comprehension to understand that we cannot Hashem us to understand what's going to be tomorrow without stopping us. Right. It. Yeah. So we work a whole year to, on this ish. We hit Sukkot, we hit, we hit Mayim, and then we jump right back. Every day you jump back. Yeah. It's, it's well, mayim every day again. Every the day, habits. the Shmuel When you speak about, in look at the title, when we speak about a Yom Tif. Every day you have that yomtif. It's just as a time of the year when you highlight a certain concept in Avodah. La marshal, A couple celebrates their anniversary. And they tell each other, oh, it's so geschmack to be married. Whether it's on the level of Aish or on the level of Mayim. Whatever, the, the, this hopefully good Aish. So what? Before the anniversary, you're not happy to be married. If the anniversary is a good anniversary, the rest of the year also has to be a good year. It doesn't happen on the anniversary day, everyone is excited. It doesn't work that way. If your birthday you celebrate, that means you celebrate every day. If you believe that your whole life is valueless, your birthday is also valueless. Elamai, we dedicate days to highlight a certain experience. That's what Pesach Shvu is Sukkus. Nisuch Hamay, embody this quality. But the Inyan and in Avoid exists every day. You're right, on Sukkus there's a special kayak, a special energy. But it's not an Inyin that remains only Sukkus. tell you a nice mice, I'll finish with this. Um, Experiences of mayim are always very intimate. They're silent. They're not loud, by definition. They can't be loud. The louder they are, (laughs) the less mayim it is, right? Did I tell you what they, I told you, they always tell lawyers, Yeah? If emotions are, your, are on your side, scream emotions. If the law is on your side, scream the law. And if neither is on your side, pound the table. Pound emotions, pound the law, pound the table. The, the louder you pound, the weaker the argument. Divrei chachamim benachas Why? Because if I really have what to say, I don't have to scream. You ever see at meetings, sometimes people start screaming? Yeah? Why are they screaming? Uh, Because they often don't have what to say. So the power, they need to substitute, they need to compensate for substance with hollering. On a much higher level, Aish, you do have what to say. But the noise represents resistance. And mind there's no resistance. It was was a meaningful thing. There was a Yid I knew. His name was Rabzalman Taibo. He was once married very early on, but his wife died very young. And he remained, he remained single for life. And I knew him already, he was in his 80s and then 90s. He died around the age of the high 90s. His last years, he didn't have direct family, I mean children. He had some distant fam, more distant family. They took him to Eishel Avram, you know, the, in Williamsburg, yeah. The old age home. Today they call it a home for assistant living. Then they called it a moishav Skenen, an old age home. And that's where he was. He had to be taken care of. And at some point he became senile. Dementia Alzheimer's or just senile, whatever it was. But he couldn't recognize any more. He brought to Chabad a niggin. The Nigen was, after Avda kucha HaBrichu, that you say in Brich Shmei. I know I know Avdo, the the church of Jericho I know I know of Avdo, of the church I know I know of the of the church come me came the car ride is me came me came the car ride is behold it do so long nigger he brought this nigger in the 60s no years passed it was an altered buck my mother she had nobody in the world they get him some niece or some cousin. And he was an nation of Rome. And he was already in his 90s. And Lubavitcher Rebbe would give lekach, honey cake, Erev Yom Kippur. Whoever wanted. After Minch in the afternoon, he would give honey cake with a brach of as the minik. A lot of people would come, thousands of people would come. There were lines on Eastern Parkway till Brooklyn. But it would go fast, very fast. From Erev Yom Kippur, from after minch till uh, basically, almost till Yom Kippur as long as the line was. (coughs) And uh, so somebody from Eshel thought it would be nice for Zalman Taibel to come get a bracha for Shana Taibu Masukra from the Rebbe. He was close to the Lubavitcher Rebbe. But he was completely senile. Completely. He was really out of it. I I saw him. He was uh, was just, you know, they took him, they took him in a wheelchair, they schlepped him, and they brought him by the Rebbe. They thought maybe he would be by the Rebbe. He would, for a moment, but he was already years... uh, not uh, not involved. So he was standing there in front of Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe looks at him, gives him honey cake, and the Rebbe saw right away that he's, uh, he's. I mean, he knew his Matsavosa, but he saw that he was out. There were literally thousands of people online. The secretaries were, hey, because it was, it was late, it was interview of Kippur. it Kippur, it was the Suddam of sekas and there were literally thousands of people, it was a huge, huge line. It was the later years, a lot of people were there, people would come from Williamsburg, from Borough Park, you know, all over, a lot of guests for Tishrei, literally thousands of people. It would go fast, and that's it. Everybody was a split second. And he's standing there, and the is looking at him, and he's out. And uh, two people were holding him, and one person was holding him. And the Rebbe, standing by his door, started to sing. know Avdo, Av. He started to sing his nigger that he brought decades earlier into Lubavitch. He brought the nigger whether he heard it or he made it, and the Rebbe sang the Nigin. Rebbe also had a nice, beautiful voice. He had a chush on the gimel, like Zayde the Alter Rebbe. They, they had a chush on the In middle of the niggun, Zalman Taibel uh, emerged. He uh, he, he woke, like woke up, and he saw he standing in front of the Rebbe. He was excited, and he got very uh, very besrakchos. And the Rebbe saw. He looked at him, they connected, he gave him a piece of cake, he gave him a beautiful bracha, and uh, he slipped right, uh, he slipped right back into his state, and they took him, uh, he went back to Eshla Ram. The line stopped for a very long time, as the Rebbe was singing this whole nigin patiently, slowly, <coughs> and the nigin brought him back, I guess also who sang the niggin had brought him back. And I was thinking about it, because on one level there were thousands of people waiting. Thousands. And it was a stressful time. And here was a man who was senile. We all see 96-year-old people who are senile, and we don't blink. <coughs> even if it's our own parents, or uncles, or relatives, because it's derech That's why we put, you put them in Esh Ram and you pay a lot of money, a lot of money, to be taken care of, and and, have a, and, and, and feel that you're doing the right thing. It was fascinating to me, very moving. The Rebbe didn't even think. He stopped the whole line. He sang this whole niggin as though he had all the time in the world. That was a parshah mitvah for this Jew. He emerged just for a few seconds. He emerged. He took him out of literally a state of years. He brought him back, like you know, to those sometimes those long, uh, old, uh, long-term memory. And he sang the nigan with a srakshus, with a with a subtlety. With, with 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 sweetness, quiet, that he should hear. But uh, whoever was around can hear it until at the end of the niggin he emerged. In many ways, in many ways, this is we all have opportunities with every person in the world to be one with them, to connect to them in very real ways. And it's never about fanfare or drama what looks good to other people what looks good to other people is almost irrelevant but it's about being present every moment in a state where you can choose either the eish of it or the mayim of it so we'll continue here 158 we'll continue inside today That on top it says Jerusalem Lasukus. Daf I in Tes Amad Gimel I Column Three at one fifty eight, middle of the Shafte Mayim Besos the first Shafte Mayim. It's two, uh, two my mother Mushafte This is the first. So we explored Aish and we began to explore mayim. And he says that sukkos is uh, the void of nisuch mayim of pouring the water, which is deeper, higher, profounder than than uh, than the Aish, which was all year around, because. Mayim, so to speak, quenches the thirst that comes from fire. He also said that this is basically the difference of the two parts of davening. There's the part of davening that's associated with fire, with tremendous passion and feeling, and the islahavos. <coughs> and that's the first part of Davening, sukka de Zimra, etc. Pesukah de Zimra really is about creating a fire that will consume other fires in your life. As he says elsewhere, Zimra means two things. Zimra means singing, like Shir and Zimra, Shir of a Zimra. Zimra also in Halachim, Esach de Shabbos, there's a term called Hazoimer, Zmira, which is uprooting the weeds of a plant, right? The Gemara says when you're zoymer on Shabbos, you're not planting, you're not harvesting, you're removing thorns or other weeds that are obstructing the healthy growth of the plant, that's called zoymer. So Psuka de Zimra also teaches the verses that are zoymer. They They challenge, they cut, they consume the various weeds that don't allow for an active relationship with your soul with Hashem, and with Hashem. So that's all part of the fire, Hashem HaLakecha ish Oichla, that consumes all other passions, all other fires or addictions or connections that don't allow you to experience this particular relationship, this profound relationship. But that's still all a state of distance. Shmei Nasri, he says, is it's not the son is screaming, looking for his father or his mother, but rather they already have embraced each other, so to speak. And therefore you say, Baruch Atah. Baruch Atah means you're right here, you. And then screaming, hollering, means you're lost, you're, you're, not, you're not in touch with the energy. Now the energy is one of, of Lachash, of Hashoi of Siloam. Now, generally speaking, it's one of the differences between children and adults. Children don't experience life. Children are too busy living. You'll come to a child and say, So tell me about your experience of life. Do me a favor. I'm busy living. Stop bothering me (laughs) with experiencing life. What is adulthood? I don't mean to be pessimistic, but essentially as we become adults, we substitute living for the experience of living. Now the experience of living is very rich, but it takes you away from life. We're busy processing life rather than living. Children, I mean everybody processes, even children, but their process is a completely different process. So we substitute life for the experience of life. We substitute living itself, being one with life, with figuring it out, with processing it, with making sense of it. That's the loss of, of a truth, of a depth, of an innocence, innocence of a oneness with life. It's substituting Mayim for esh. We discussed yesterday the whole mistake of Adam and Chava. Once you become an adult, however, you can't be a child again. It would be nice, it would be nice once in a while to become a one-year-old. I try it all the time. It doesn't always work. They say that the Belzer Rebbe Aden, Aaron Rekayach, was once in his youthful, when he was a, younger, in Europe. So uh, he was once sitting with uh, Chesidim, there was some tish by Shalosh and then after Shabbos, there was no food left. So there was a store open across the street after Shabbos. So he said, maybe somebody uh, wants to get something, some fabais and some food. Nobody wanted to miss the uh, experience. So he gets up. He says, "Cholbetndem uh, kind gain, kind in Svetan There's a child in the second room. I'll ask him to go. So he goes out to tell the child, and he doesn't come back so fast. So they realized he went shopping himself. So they felt very guilty. So he came back with the food. He said, Rebbe, you should have told us you're going to go yourself. We would have gone. You said you're going to send a child. He said, I'll tell you. When I had to become Bar Mitzvah, my child didn't want to become Bar Mitzvah. Because my child said, you know, once you're an adult, you become self-conscious. Everything has to be processed. Things have to be figured out. I want to remain a child that could be free, uninhibited, go under the table when I have to go under the table on top of the table. You're a free person. but the adult in me said it's time to become a mitzvah sorry so i I agreed to become a Mitzvah, but I made a deal with my child that he should never ever completely disappear. He should always wait for me in the second room, and if I ever need him, <laughs> he should always be available. <laughs> So he says, I always have a child waiting to do whatever a child has to do. So, to become a child again, it's like going back to Adam and Chava before the ate. You'll take off your clothes. A one-year-old could walk around without clothes and everybody says he's so cute. A 14-year-old starts doing that in your house. People don't say it's so cute. There's a reason for it. The moment self-consciousness is introduced, everything changes. I can't become a child again, but now I have to learn how to integrate, how to be able to process that which is beyond the process, how to be able to come to a place of oneness, but I have to work through the ego, the self-consciousness. I can't just escape it. I can't become drunk. <coughs> and that's really the deep challenge of life, to be able, in moments of ash, to be able to go, to morph into Mayan. That's number one. And you also have to remember that yesterday's Mayim becomes... Yeah, sorry, yesterday's Eish becomes today's Mayim. And tomorrow's Mayim is today's ish. In other words, what is what is above, I could integrate to become mine without resistance. But then there's a deeper layer. There's yet a deeper layer of self. Which is why this Avayda continues. It's not like, oh, we did Nisachamayim already. I integrated things in a real way, in a genuine way. They became part of me, hence the lack of passion, not because there's no passion, because it's beyond passion. A child is not less involved in life than an adult. It's just beyond the distance, beyond the passion of distance. It's complete oneness. But that's, I think, a muscle that uh, we can relate to in different ways. So every day, this is Psukadizimra versus Shem okay. Now let's continue inside. The line starts The line starts like ten lines from the top. All the kriyas and in, in you have all the kneeling and bowing, is all this representation of this concept of bitl. It's not just physically. We look at Shmenesra, you physically bow your head. All physical gestures are a symptom of internal experiences. What is the internal experiences behind Baruch HaTah Hashem? The Kriya and the Ishtachava is basically the concept of the, the self, the self having the ability to be able to melt away in infinity. Whenever there's real infinity to experience it, there can't be an I experiencing it. Because the greatest obstacle to experience infinity is the I experiencing it. In other words, if there's an I, it's not infinite. If there's an I, there's infinity plus me, which means it's not infinity. Which means the greatest obstacle of experiencing infinity is the experience of it. It's the experience of infinity that doesn't allow you to experience infinity. Das macht sense? <laughs> but it's true. It's the experience of spirituality of truth that doesn't allow you to experience it. Because <laughs> you're experiencing it. Whenever the I is distinct, it's a normal thing. After the eight Sadas, it's very normal. But that's that's where that's where the struggle for truth is. In Aish, we, we we know this. We know this. That's why we're excited. We're talking about very genuine experiences. Again, there's a level of aish <coughs> Where it's ex- completely external because you're compensating for not having an experience. <laughs> so you're so like losing yourself in the experience. Right. Like yeah. Once you experience, it's not infinite. Yeah, it's 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 my me processing it. It's the way I internalize it. It's safe. <laughs> it's safe, and it's also exciting. It's passionate. It's a lot of passion. But what is creating so much passion is the distance, <coughs> the gulf between my reality and this reality that I'm experiencing i'm envisioning i'm being aware of i'm i'm, I'm emoting towards etc so it's it's very powerful you have sometimes a person who has no experience so they feign an experience sometimes people will scream because there's nothing there right sometimes feign is uh Pain. Pain is to fake it. Like, yeah, to, to pretend. Yeah. yeah, to pretend, yeah. Pain comes from pain. Go ahead. yeah. Sometimes, and it's not even about criticism, it's just, it's, it's very important to be honest about these things. Sometimes you'll hear people scream by davening, not from passion, because there's absolutely nothing there. So, how do you compensate for that void? So if you're in a if you live if you're in a type of a community where nobody is supposed to feel anything, it's supposed to be cold, and the more ice the better, and the more monotony the better, and the moment somebody raises their voice, you want to know what they're on. Fine, but if you're in an environment where it's natural that people emote and they sing and they scream, and you're feeling nothing, what do you do? You scream the loudest. Your mama scream the loudest. So that's already a whole different thing. That's where I'm trying to. Uh, uh, display a passion because there's absolutely no passion. That's a whole different type of ash. That's not. You understand what that is? Here we're talking about something. Uh... Okay, so now let's uh, let's go right Ach, see, achli is pchino madrege zuklu in a So that means the opportunity, the energy of sukkus is a unique, unique opportunity and energy where the Jew is given the power, the spiritual availability to go from Eish to Mayim and Sasha. Which is why this was only seven days where they poured water on the Mizbeach and explains the connection, the uniqueness of which has, as as discussed in the beginning, it's a chid what... First of all, what's the connection of hamayim to Sukkos? What's a Pesukos? You could pour water all year. And why was this something that triggered more Simcha than any other Avoideh in the Beis HaMikdash? Nothing was like it. What? Pouring of the water. Something that doesn't even say in Chumash. It's the whole hamayim is Teresh of Al-Pah. says again and again and again and again. V'niskaya, nisachah, v'niskayim. Every carbon the Nesachim is the the wine that you poured with it, and the mincha that you brought with it. Here it doesn't even say there's a remiz in chumash, but it doesn't say. Toshabal pet, it's maidin. It nonetheless it triggered such a such a simcha. So after the whole ariches, that there's two sugim and avas av- av- Hashem, there's av- ka'esh and there's Ava ka'esh av- comes from distance, and therefore it creates a thirst and a yearning. Avakamayim comes from absolute oneness and intimacy, and throughout the whole year the Avoida was Eish. After Rishas and after Yom Kippur and the Viduyim and Zereyats you come to the Matz- and the Eishalamata and the Eishalamayla. You come to Matzmiyach Yishuas, which is Yeminoy Techapkeni. This is the connection to the hug of the sukkah that we discussed. We spoke from Pri the three wall the two and a half walls, the, the two plus walls of the sukkah, which is an embrace. That's mamish the sukkah. That's where Nisr Hamayim connects the sukkahs, comes after him, because that's what an embrace is. When you're embracing somebody, as he said, you grip them, It's in, they're inseparable. In other words, it's a type of connection where there's complete oneness. And when you're actually hugging each other, you melt away in the embrace. An embrace is a very vulnerable experience, both from the one embracing you and the one being embraced. You have to know how to give a hug, and you also have to know how to be hugged. I told you, many people, when they hug, they right away start clapping, They start banging your back. That's not a hug. <laughs> that's avoiding the awkwardness of vulnerability. Boom, boom, you're a good guy. You're a good guy. You're not such a bad guy. A real embrace is a vulnerable experience. That's the embrace of sukkah, and that's, that was the depth of this avoida which created this type of, of inner joy and outer joy of complete loss of self-consciousness in terms of ego, which keeps you distance from distant from an experience. Anybody here knows how to dance this way? Where you completely... Like when a child dances, there's no... Uh, you're not protecting anything. You don't have to protect anything. Not your looks... Not your reputation, not how other people look at you, not even how you look at you, that's the worst. <laughs> not other people, how you look at you. You don't have to protect yourself from yourself. You know how to dance like that? I saw you dancing yesterday. So that was the essence of Simchas Beis Hashave. That's why the top Nisi Yisrael were juggling, uh, doing, <coughs> doing doing headstands. The Nasi of the Sanhedrin who stood in the place of Merzhabet and was doing headstands. Where does that come from? Juggling. You know, when people dance sometimes today, every step is oizge And if they really want to get into it, they first have to close their eyes because you can't look at anybody or anything. And even then, it's everything with a cheshbent. That's completely the opposite of simcha. It's mamash, the opposite of simcha. The beginning of simcha is always when you could let go of any form of self-concept. When I process Simcha, it doesn't even allow me to be V'Simcha. So therefore, Nisach was so said with Simcha. We now come to the next step. The next step is, <laughs> Here he goes now, right? Deeper. But for this state to be established and planted, implanted in the heart of the person all day, not to falter from it, not to move away from it, oh, for this one needs to find atesis in his soul. We see practically, Here he's talking to a Jew that during Shmina understands what he's talking about, understands what the Balatan is talking about. The Jew, during Shmerna Esra, goes from age to Maya, Complete oneness. Complete Yishtachava. But he says, but after Shmerna Esra, Choyzik Shaina, You go back. You go back. Can one maintain that level of awareness? Can one maintain that level of living? It's not really a level. Can one maintain life? Can one maintain that? Or we're forced to go right back in to the place of of distance where I'm busy processing and even when I get it, I get it, and therefore it's about my emotion of it rather than it. So he says, after Smeinasra, Khazalis you go back the three steps. This is the Jew who's taka who For a I'm gonna give you the real Aitza. And he emphasizes Amithis, meaning he knew there's a lot of Eitzas. There's lots of things that people talk about. Spiritual people talk about, about this type of oneness. But ha the real Eitzas to be able to maintain this throughout the day is Eisek HaTorah VeHilchiseha. It's learning Torah. It's steiging in Torah and the Halachas of Torah, meaning all of Torah. He's going to explain. At the surface, you would say, this is the Eitz Amittis, Torah is enclosed, dealing with very physical, mundane things that don't seem at all to even bespeak an intimate relationship with the Divine. And he goes, Allah the Zerayim, the first Seder of Mishnayis, and Gemara, Brachas, or your Shalmi, have the other Mishnayis, about agriculture. Somebody who learns Seder Zerayim, Brachas, especially peyad, Maik, kilayim, Shviyiz, Trumas, Maistus, what you're learning basically is Halachas about agriculture. And therefore most of it is dealing with earthy, earthy reality, pun intended, literally, earthly reality. That's what you're dealing with. Planting and plants and bushes and fruits and vegetables with all the halachas that are negiah, whether it's halachas of shmita, halachas of kliyim, halachas of Maestras, halachas of Bikurim, halachas of chal. Vaitemoyet, moyedos. you're dealing with Shabbos. You learn mesachta Eidavin. What do these mesachtas deal with? They deal with physical. Very even in Eidavin you're busy building. you busy building a lechi. You're busy building a kaidah. You're busy building an eriv. With all the halachas of rishuyas and of alleyways and of walls and of strings and of sticks, etc. <laughs> but the truth is, in learning, one reaches the ultimate yichud, the ultimate oneness. And tvekus, with Hashem, as explained elsewhere, that Torah is really a, the, the, the physical properties that you're dealing with. Really contain within them God Himself, the Divine Himself. Airais, the says, is kulacha. is one with Hashem. So therefore, He says, in Tayre, one can actually remain connected to this state of Mayim versus Esh. However, it's not just enough learning. What does it mean to learn? What does He mean by learning here? When a person learns, a person could learn with ego. They're not going to have Torah. They're going to have their ego understanding whatever they could understand. Real learning Torah is completely letting go. Complete bitl, allowing yourself to experience the truth of Torah. And real learning is therefore the height of a spiritual experience, where the person even lets go of all types of ritsoinus and machshavus, and that's the real meaning of Eretz echelas The miraglim said, don't go into Eretz Yisrael, because it's a land that eats up its inhabitants, it consumes its inhabitants. They were trying to dissuade the Jews from entering the Holy Land and they were successful. But the truth of Eretz Eichel is a truth. What's the truth? It's a difference of Asian and Mayim. In Mayim, Eretz Eichel means the inhabitant is consumed and therefore ceases to be distinct, ceases to be separate. The Miragolim were very scared of that. They said, you go into Eretz Yisrael, you dead, you're emotionally dead. Because that's what Bittal is. For them, Bittle meant suicide. Why would you do that? You don't give up the most precious thing, which is the self. What was their mistake? Their mistake was, depends who you're giving up the self to. If you're giving up the self to somebody else or something else, you got to be very careful, as discussed many times. However, if you're giving up the self to the truth of the self, if you're giving up yourself to the Divine, which is the truth of the self, then the self doesn't become obliterated in that process. The self actually becomes actualized in that process. So, Eretz Eicheles in Torah means that the person learns Torah without the self, ego, in learning, but the complete oneness, and then, O mamish an expression. And in this dimension, learning is So the Reishim, the residue of the state of consciousness or lack of it, by Shemayna can remain etched by Masmeris, like with nails, with pegs, eternally all day, by Aske because he goes from Shemayna to Taylor. This is what real Limud means. Real Limud is not an intellectual experience of a of It's certainly not an egotistical experience for me to be able to become a Gadol or to be able to prove that I know better than you. But it's not even just understanding ideas. It's really an intimate experience. It's really embracing the Rebbeinu Shalala in the most intimate way because Tayda is his essential wisdom. His truth comes out in Tayda. Of course, one has to be able to see this in halacha, because as he said, you're dealing with physical stuff. That's what he's going to he's going to be discussing. Now. So essentially, limudat teira is a perpetuation of shmein and he says it as a chiddush because it's not a davar Pashat. When you understand what shmein Asra is, so he says, when one can appreciate this is about ta'ida, the shmein could continue a whole day. That state of oneness, like it's like almost, you take a nail. And you act yourself into that state and you don't budge from that state because of this relationship, because of the Eisek HaTayr, the learning of Tayr. V'zehu <laughs> And this is the whole system that he opened up in the Mayim he started to say that a whole year there was Eish. Sukkot, there was Mayim. Literally it means, on the eighth day, atzeres It should be a yomtev, a day of stopping, a day of shvis of you. So he says, pshat here is even deeper. Ti'alachem is... The natural order is somebody absorbs water, Mayam, but then they're piloted. They spit it out. You have this in halacha a woman who may conceive, who may absorb Maya, may absorb the seed of life, but then is piloted. It can't really become integrated, conceived, fertilized, and go to the next process because you're piloted. It gets spit out of the body. So sukkas is Mayim, but the Mayim comes in and it goes back out. The person Davin but then they go back to their regular self. So that's the challenge. After Sukkot, it should become yours. The mayim itself, which was the loss of self, should become you. In other words, you shouldn't be pilot the mayim. You should have atzeres. Atzeres literally means to hold back. Like in, in, in Israel, you have atzer, is Stop. Stop sign is atzar. Atzeres means when you hold it back. In other words, when the mayim remains inside of you, so it doesn't get scattered. It doesn't flow outward. So, atzeres You should be able to be koylit. You should be able to hold on to this Mayim of sukkus that is what the toichen of the Yom of shmini is. It's maintaining, holding on to the Mayim of sukkus just like we spoke to hold on to Shemineser. But I can't stand Shemineser all day. I can't stand with closed eyes Shemineser all day bowing. I ultimately leave Shemineser. That's the challenge of Shemini to how do you do this? He says, hashmini For this you have to reach the eighth day. What's the eighth day? is When you have the koiches of the Nefresh, there's ten koiches. So, is number eight. Meaning, when you start from Malchus up. Malchus, Yesoid, Hoy, Netzach, Teferis, Gvura, Chesed. So those are the seven. Malchus to and then you have Bina, number eight. Then you have Chochmah, you have Kesser, number nine, number ten. So he says, Shu ayday Bina lib. represents Bina again when you're going from Lamelma to So Bina is number eight through bayay Mashmini, which is Bina. What did we explain was Bina? Libud the same Bilibainu we say in the morning, the Zoyar says, Bina libe. Bina is associated with lave, meaning when somebody really understands something, it's going to translate into an emotion. The depth of Bina is emotion. It's not a separate thing. It translates into a separate thing. Emotion is a manifestation of real awareness, the way it comes out into the world of emotions, of electricity, of passion. So he says, Bina Liba Dainoshiyah Bebchines Bitul Boimik Nekudas Haleiv Kana Vahainu Lefishis Galus Atik Who Bebina Oyla Tainuk. Bina has the ability to bring this bitl into the depth of the human heart. This is a Loshen and Kabbalah. His Galus Atik is in binna A very bekitzer Atik is the term that's used for the highest state of Keser. Which is called the world of Tainuk. Generally speaking, Chachma is conception, Bina is comprehension, Das is application. Then you go to the world of emotions. Beyond Chachma is Keser. Beyond conscious awareness of conception, which is Chachma, there's something called Keser, which is known as Rotten Keser itself. There's Chitsoynysa Keser and Pneumysa Keser. sa Keser is Rotzen. Primis HaKeser is Tainug, and they're both beyond Chachma. They used to think, Hamal, especially in the world of philosophy and psychology, that people's desires come from their Seichel. Today they already know better. People's Seichel comes from their desires. But al by him, it was always Keser is higher than Chachma. Ratzin is higher than Chachma, and Tainug is even higher than Ratzin. Tainug is also called Atik. And this is a Kabbalistic oasis. His Galus Atik is in Bina. You'll see when a person has this new idea that they comprehend, there's an explosion of pleasure. It doesn't last long, but there's an explosion of tainuk, which comes from Keser, and it comes into Bina. So he says whenever there's real Bina, one draws from tainuk, which is what allows it to be truly internalized. So whenever you have which is bina, same when somebody really has the oimik of bina bina in other words, that they integrate this concept of bittel into their bina, it allows them to get in touch with the state of tainug. Which is atzeres lechem that the mayim will remain; it won't go out, like the child who remains, who remains with his father. So when you learn Torah, there's a lot of different experiences around learning. Why does a person learn? People learn. Why do you learn? What's motivating you? Again, you have external motivations. We're not discussing that. It's also sometimes people learn out of social pressure. Sometimes people learn because of an interior motive. They want schar. Whether in ailam or in ailam haza, yeah. Chazal speak about somebody who learns because he wants people to call him Rebbe. He wants to, in certain circles, you want to reach the peak of the environment. So, how do you reach the peak of the mind? You learn. You learn. You become great in that environment. You become respected. Sometimes you learn because you have a good head. It's interesting. It's interesting stuff. This is, uh, you're an intellectually curious person. Sometimes a person learns because they have a geschmack in it, an intellectual geschmack pashat, which is a tremendous thing. But he's not talking about all this. These are all, I mean, it's, 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 it's better than not learning, but that's not what he's talking about. Here he's talking about a learning that's in the state of Mayim. The state of Mayim. What is this? Imagine a child, you come home from work at night, you worked hard, 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 and you walk into the house, And your child, who's two years old, you have a little girl or a little boy, sees Tati is home. So he or she runs over to you. They want to be embraced. You lift them up. You give them a hug. And in the depth of your heart, you know it was worth coming home for this experience, for this moment. And the child, if you ask the child, why did you want to be hugged by your father? He doesn't have a lollipop in his pocket. He's not going to give you ice cream at the moment. Why? That question, why, is a foolish question. Because it's my father, it's my mother. The hug itself, that is the tachlis. There's no other tachlis. If I hug, he's going to like me, so he's going to give me something. Then there's no relationship. So that's what the Balatanya is saying. A Jew comes home at night. He sits down to learn, what is it? It's Yeminu Techapkeini. I come home, I want to hug my father. Not because I'll get reward. Not because I need to fill up my night. Not because of a pressure. Not even because of a cheshben that it's a good thing to do, a holy thing to do. It's the of mayim. It's yiminoi techapkeire. It's going back into the sukkah, back at the hamayim. It's, it's organic. It's natural. This is where I want to be. This was the experience of Jews when it came to Limud HaTorah. And in that teira, that's where Hashem is. So therefore learning was embrace, is, is the child embracing the father in the most natural fashion. That's Bayoim Hashmini, Bina, which allows that Saras This brings us back to the pasuk with which he opened up. You should draw water with joy from the wellsprings of salvation. So the focus here is not just Mayim, but Usha after Mayim besosim. They had to draw the water from where? Mimainei Yisroh from a well. There's different types of water. <coughs> there's water. There's rainwater. There's water in the oceans and the lakes and the brooks and the rivers and the canals. But here it says Mimainei <laughs> Yisroh, Mayone Yisroh, a Mayan, a Mayan. They went to the Shiloach Mayan. A Mayan is always under the earth, under the ground. Sometimes you have to dig and dig and dig to find the well. That's Mimainei well. Yisroh. So it's not just Mayim, it's what type of Mayim? It's May Mayim, it's water of a spring. And it doesn't say, Mi Mayim and, HaYeshua, U'shafta Mayim B'Sasin, Mi Maynei HaYeshua, plural. In other words, two well springs. Here, he goes to the final stage in this maymer. there's Mayim and there's May Mayim, <coughs> there's well springs. There's water that comes, there's water is, uh, available in different sources. But then there's May Mayim, Mayone Yeshua. Ipchinis Maimanal Torichlius Bibchinis Mayam. Kediksiv Isi Azvu Mikur Mayim Chaim. Yermi Yahanavi laments and he says, You have abandoned me, who am I? I am Mikar Mayim Chaim, the source of living water. Well springs are called living water. Mayim in Khumish Mayim Chaim. Why? Rainwater is dead? Mikvah water is dead, yeah. Because it's water that already came down from heaven and now it's in a cistern, it's in a bird. It may be natural rainwater, which is good for a mikveh. You go into a rainwater, literally that like they used to go in a cistern, it's a good mikveh, but it's not mayim chayim. For example, for the parah aduma, It won't work. For those unique situations where you need living water, rainwater is not enough. The mikvahs that we have, which are connected to rainwater, or even rainwater itself, is not enough. What you need is a maya. A Mayan means it's living water. Why is it living? Because it's literally organically alive. It's connected to its source. It's flowing from its source, and it doesn't stop. You're going into that that wellspring. I was one Shabbos in Tenafly, New Jersey. So Shabbos morning, I went to the mikveh there in the shul. So I go into the mikveh, and I feel it's nishkanamala mikveh. So something there in the mikveh besides its cleanliness. So I asked the rabbi, "What's uh, this mikveh?" So he told me he was digging. Uh, he was digging to make a mikvah. He wanted to make a woman's mikvah at the back of his shul. And as they were digging, Pasha to make two boilers for rainwater and the other burr, they encountered a well, a well flowing. So he doesn't have two boyds. He just he left that boy there. And there's a live, a living well that comes into the four walls of the mikveh. And uh, and you could see it's a different. It's a whole different quality of water. Like you go. To the Arizal's mikvah, These types of mikvahs. We went in Mezheburzh uh, in the Ukraine. There's a Balshemtov's mikvah uh, over there, whole meizer with, uh, with the river over there. Also, so May Mayon is Mayim Chayim. So Mayon Yeshua is Mayim Chayim. He says the high al derech moshul k'mokher hanayvei mitachas laoros ve'ei neiniru musakim hanevia. Mashen kenam mokher atzmai amuk amuk miim Whenever you have a May Mayon, the mucker, the source flows under the ground and you don't see it what do you see you just see the flow that comes out the mukkar itself is amuk amuk miyam san which is very deep what does this mean spiritually speaking it means that the person has to open themselves up to what type of mayan may mayan where the source is never niru musak it's not visible or comprehended that's what the mayan is it remains not something that i can see meaning that i can comprehend the Makar Atzma is Amuk Amuk. The Kach Tsari Chad and Bissarusadil Asat Gamkin Lachper Ba'im Makamayam. Ba Meshaw Noyveyam in Am Amuk Amuk Mitachas La'afar. The Ainu Shiibchen is Venafshi Kafala Kultiyah. In Avoda, what this means is drawing water from the sources, connecting to the Makar Mayim Chayim. For this, you always have to dig below the earth. You have to go through the earth. What's this going through the earth? Venafshi la kaltia. I have to be able to be comfortable with going into a state of offer and digging, and over there I will find the water. V'nafshikafal Akultiyah is a very humbling experience. He spoke before about plowing the ground. V'nafshikafal Akultiyah means I allow myself, my, I allow my soul to be like offer, like earth. What's the definition of earth? Earth, essentially, is the most humbling reality. Everybody, everybody steps on the earth. What does this mean? V'nafshikaful akaltiya. V'nafshikaful akaltiya means the person has to be able to have the courage and the humility to be able to challenge themselves and to be able to hear everything about themselves. And it's very humbling. V'nafshikaful kaltiya. I become as open as offer, but only from offer could things grow. And below the offer, that's where you're going to find the mehamaya. So therefore, that's the first maya. The first Mayan is that what type of Mayan are we dealing with? We're dealing with Mayan, which is Makar Mayim chayim. Makar Mayim Chaim always remains somewhat invisible because it's always under the earth. So it's never I completely grasp it, I get it. The moment I get it, it's already not the Mayan. The Mayan always has something that remains inaccessible. What I do, what I could see is the flow that comes out of it and to get to the Mokar, to access it, I must go through the offer, which is Venavshik Ofal Akaltiyah. Zoireyat as he said before, Matsmiyach, Matsmiyach Yeshuas. This state of Mayim always goes through offer. You want the deepest water, you have to dig through offer. Ay, what are you going to Dirt and gravel in order to get to that Mayim. Rainwater, you don't have to go through offer, it comes down. The Mayim, the deepest water, always goes through offer. And under that remains the cleanest of waters. So this is a very uh, intense process. If I don't go through the Vinafshi ka'afal akulti, I'll never be able to find my own wellspring. I'll never be find. We run away as much as possible from offer. We don't want to look at any offer. But he says that's the only path to the mehama'yon, to the place of water. Which is the source of the water, Makar the deepest water which is the Mayim, where you can have the real sasin, the real relationship which allows you to become one. there is also another element. And that is he said Mayonit Tu. As we will see. The person ought to put in his mind into its halachas. Shibchin is Khachmeilah. Which represents La, divine wisdom, Adekula, the beginning of all of the spheres, which is Nim Shechme Makr Mayim Chayim El which comes from the source of the living water above, Ulamata Yard But then it comes down and evolves very heavily. Until this water goes under the earth. And here's the paradox of Torah. Which is a major theme on the Kutu Torah. What is Torah? What is learning of Torah? It's wellspring. It's Mayani HaYishu. To get to that water you have to go through the earth. The earth is the most earthly physical matter that you can get. And under that is the water. But that water is not earthy water. It's not dirty water. It's the cleanest of water. That's the story of Torah. Torah essentially is Chachmila. It's purely divine. However, if Torah would remain Chachmila, we wouldn't have access to it. We wouldn't be able to understand it. Because it's infinite wisdom. So Hashem took the whole Torah, He took infinite wisdom, and He compressed it in offer. In earthly matters. Here you're learning about two people fighting over a cloak. Here you're learning about a bull that gored a cow. Here you're learning about the time of Krishna or building a sukkah that's higher than 20 amas or building a sukkah <coughs> that's lower than ten fachim. How many walls you have? What type of schach you have? These are very physical stuff. Whether you're learning about Kammer, you're learning about mitzi, you're learning about Basu, Shudfim that are fighting over a wall. Whatever Masechta you're learning, he starts with Zayim and maid you're learning about Afar, you're learning either about earth or about physical material qualities, which is why you could learn Torah your whole life and not one sense, not one sense of spiritual experience. Many people would say Torah is very boring. I hear it from Yeshiva boys all day. Was the cup? Finally, you agree to something I said today. Nothing else I said today you agree. You could, you could, you, could, you could empathize with. Okay. People struggle with this. Yeah. Yeshiva Bachem, Why am I learning seven, eight hours a day about? Abacha once told me, I'm never planning to own an ox. I'm never planning to own a cow. The closest I will come to them is if I visit a farm. I don't have a little alley where they're going to gore each other. I'm not going to be or whatever whatever, whatever the whatever the you're dealing with. The truth is, Torah needs exposure. <laughs> Torah is from the better-kept secrets of Judaism. In the world of the Balatanya, Nigla and Nistar were Mamish one. There was no distinction. You see it constantly in all of us. My modern Mizdrushim. Shulchan Aruch HaRav and Lekotototayra were not written by two people. They were written by the same person, but not only by the same person, by the person in the same state of consciousness. And that's what's hard to understand. When you learn Shulchan it's as meticulous, precise, nitty-gritty, detailed-oriented as Shulchan Aruch. get especially Shulchan Aruch HaRav which is not just piske Dinim, it's with the whole Shakhla When you learn his other Sfarim, like the Torah, you see what you learn about. I don't have to elaborate to this Shia. It wasn't just the same person, it was the same state of consciousness. The Shmoyne Esra, the Mayim that he talks about on the Torah, that was the state of consciousness when in, in Shulchan Aruch. But how? You're dealing literally with very unspiritual realities. It's intellectually stimulating. Gemara is very deep. Halach deep. is deep. And it's deeper and deeper and deeper. There's a Geshmak in Harajban. There's a Geshmak in Rebbe Kivah Tremendous Geshmak. But he's not talking about a Geshmak only. The intellectual Gashmak <coughs> is a container for infinite divine depth and majesty, which is the wellsprings that go under the offer. and you have to go through the offer to find it. If you're not going to go through the offer, the earth... The physicality, you'll never be able to find that Mekar Mayim Chaim. And that's the truth about Torah. Yes, there's people who get stuck only in the Gashmis of Torah. All they see are physical halachas, nothing else. They don't see them as containers, as mirrors of depth when it comes to psychology, emotions, spirituality, transcendence. But that's because they're only seeing the external layer, the external facade of Torah. Really, every halacha of Torah has the full intensity of Chachmela, of the deepest divine wisdom, which means Torah essentially is incomprehensible. The fact that you could understand is a Kiddush. Why? Because infinity was compressed and consolidated in finiteness to be able to give the human mind access to it. So the offer so the is in the learning or in the day-to-day life? So he says both. That's my Hayeshua, Yeshua. My, he's going to say, one is day-to-day life, I have to be able to become like earth, meaning to become completely open and humble. Where I'm, I'm stepping on myself, in other words, I'm allowing everything to be scrutinized. I'm bringing to the fore all things that I'm not comfortable to bring to the fore, which takes a lot of, lot of humility. I'm not protecting. That doesn't mean allowing people to step on you. No. It means to be open. Open. I told you once, the Nafshi Kafel says in brachas Ah. Huh? The Nafshi is not a posit, it's a Gemara. In brachas Daf amadal, of the Gemara, I think Daf Yitzayin, the Gemara says that at the end of Shmone so you should say So we say it at the end of Shmone Esra. So it's a lot. Frek was What does it mean? My my soul should be like offer. So some people teach that everybody should step on you. Every, so that's what we're davening to Hashem. God, I'm asking you for a big favor. Before I finish minhag, make sure everybody steps on me today. What type of tefillah is that? Is this what you ask for your children also? Everybody should step on them in school. V'nafshi So Taysfus says, very interesting. Taisva says that offer. Could never be destroyed. Venavshikafal occultiya is that your soul is indestructible. indestructible like offer. You can't destroy offer. You could step on it, but it doesn't get destroyed. Why? Because its value comes from within. So you could step on the offer, and the offer doesn't have to even go to therapy. He's fine. It's your problem. It's not my problem. I'm good. <laughs> if you want real growth, stop stepping on me. But it's not, the offer's confidence never gets shaken up. V'naf but that takes ultimate humility. True humility comes with true confidence. So therefore, v'naf the next step is psach libi What's the connection? You can't really open up your heart to Torah if you're not fully humble. Arrogance is not just a stupid midah. Arrogance is also the greatest contradiction to Torah. When arrogant people teach Torah, it's not just hard to listen to them because they're arrogant. Their message is skewed. They can't get it. Torah and arrogance are the two most opposite things, even though unfortunately they often come together. At least it looks that way. But it can't be real Torah. You can't touch infinity of Torah when you're arrogant. It's not that you're doing the wrong thing. It's just you, 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 you missed it. So the p'sach libi b'sharyasek is always v'nav shikafal Once said, it says in Medrita, when Moshe broke the luchus, he was very he was very sad. He broke it, he was sad. So Hashem told him, it's a Medrash, Rav, Shemosh, he Kisisa, Parasham, and involved." Hashem said, don't worry about it. The first luchus, what was it? Daseris HaDibris. The second luchus, you're going to get chamisha HaChum Sheterra with it. You're going to get Mishnah, Gemara, Talmud, Tosefta. The whole Tereshavah pay you're going to get with the second luchus. Don't worry about it. It was a good exchange. <laughs> you're going to get double, triple, quadruple. The Shviras al was a Chisarin, it was a korban. So the for the second Luchas, you're going to get everything. So he said, the He said, when the Jews got the first Luchas, they were on a high. They were completely on a high. A good high. They just left Mitzrayim. They saw the Ta'matis. They had a treatise. They saw God face to face. They were on a spiritual high. And he said that spiritual high did not allow them to really get the depth of Torah. When Moshe broke the Luchas, he wasn't breaking the Luchas. All of them became broken. <coughs> they became humbled people because of their mistake. And that allowed them to experience the infinity of Torah. The infinity of Torah you see in Torah Shabbat Torah is infinite, layers and layers and layers and layers. That's what allowed them. That's the the ka offer la the humility, the offer. That's what gets you to the makar mayim chaim, which is the chachamayla of Torah. So offer is two things: it's on an emotional level, and then it's learning. When you're learning, you're learning always about gashmis the things, but don't think it's all gashmis. It's law coming out in gashmis. The words of the Balshamtiv, Teyrus Hashem Tmima. Zok to Balshamtiv. What's Tmima? Tmima means nobody ever touched it. The Teyr of Hashem is complete. It's wholesome. Nobody ever touched. it. What says nobody touched it? Imagine there's a birthday cake that people have been nibbling on the cake for three and a half thousand years. What's the cake going to look like? You know what a birthday cake that people have been nibbling for ten minutes? What it looks like? So the Baal Shem Tov says Teyrus Hashem Tmima means. Nobody ever touched Torah. What do you mean nobody touched Torah? Millions and millions of people learned it. Everyone takes a piece of the cake. Says nobody ever touched it. You know why? It would be like if you have a million dollars in your bank account. Everybody takes one dollar. Finally, after a million people taking one dollar, it's depleted. If you have a billion dollars, it'll take a little more time. But a billion people take a dollar, it's depleted. What if you have theoretically a bank account with infinite money? I know it's not practical, but just conceptually. Then, you could take, I could take, a million, a billion, ten billion, a hundred billion. Nothing gets depleted. None of the depleted, you don't even recognize any anything changed. Because you're never getting closer to the end, it's infinite. So teres Hashem tmima means you could take and take and take and take and take, but it remains untouched. It remains unscathed, untouched. Why? Because it's mekar mayim chayim, that's the mayim. So that's where, that's the offer. So now let's finish a few lines here. So he says, "Vizel This is why it says mayone twice, not twice. It says Lashan rabim." What's mayonitray? Shame base because there's two elements in the Mayan. Not one is kafala venavshikofolalcultia. One is the concept of bitl. Mayim is always bitl. It's surrendering the self which is the concept of offer. What is offer? Offer is I surrender myself completely to be one with you. And therefore, and it's very, very humbling, that's what real Bittl B'metzias is. That's the scary part of it. That's the first offer, and that's the f- how, how I get to the Mayan. And number two is, And number two is the Teira, which is enclosed in physical earth, meaning all of Teira addresses material reality. You're learning about offer, and over there you have access to the Makar Mayim Chaim, to the Mayan. So, Sha'afta Mayim besoson is Mayim Mayyane Hayeshu. Two Mayyanahs. I have to go through offer in two dimensions in order to get to the Mayim, which is Torah, which is how I allow the Mayim of Sukkahs to remain with me all day and all year, which is the concept of vayudeza Dafka Only through this. Only by going through the offer on both levels. The offer in terms of your own psychological composition. And the offer in terms of Torah, only through this, can you get to the water which is called Mayim Chayim. Because the water on top of the earth, The water that flows on top of the earth, you have a lake, you have a river, you have a stream, you have rainwater. it's beautiful water. And it's water that quenches thirst, and it's water that extinguishes ash. But it's not Mayim Chayim. Living water, which is rooted in, Hashem says, azvu, makar, mayim, chayim. that's the Mayim that's under the Eretz. Sometimes people access water, but they're only ready to access the water on top of the Eretz. That's superficial water. To really understand, you need the Mayane Hayeshu. the Mayan I always has to go through the offer. Now essentially you would think, going into the earth and digging should compromise the water. Because it's the water. What are you going to find under gravel, filth, Dirt, mounds of sand, and rocks and pebbles. What are you going to find under there? But that's where you find the freshest, living, coldest, most potent, cleanest, most refined water. Why? Because it fought its way under the earth. It fought its way at the most refined water. So he says, also in a person's life, this mayim that we're talking about, the mayim that you find through the Afar, the thats the mayim chayim, that's the real sauce. And what is the offer on two levels? One is personal offer—the courage for true humility, the courage for true transparency, the courage for true exposure, even though it's very humbling. Plowing my earth, zoyreyat as he explained earlier. And number two, the eight is Torah. I am dealing with offer. I want to just. Learn spiritual spiritual stuff all day. No, you're not going to find in spiritual stuff. You're not going to find the mayim chayim. The mayim chayim goes through the earth, huh? through, through Avaidah, but also through Limad ha'toydeh, which is Al an of Afar. It's an Indian of Afar. That's where that's where you're going to have it. So that's why the power of toydeh in the life of a person, a Jew is learning l'chayda is learning a He's learning Ashtikl Gemara. he's learning Ashtikl Meshnai, he's learning a Shulchan Aruch. on one hand, he's dealing with Afar. But in that Afar, if he digs, if he digs right there, he'll find the whole makar Mayim chayim. That's how one holds on to Sukkot Nisik HaMayim, which is by Hashmini Yatzeraz Tiyalacha. This completes the mind month. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes